Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. I'm a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, and I am passionate about living a frugal debt-free life. And my voice sounds different today because I have bronchitis. And because of that, I am not going to make you listen to my scratchy voice the whole time. I am going to use some audio from a YouTube video that has been watched over 100,000 times this year, and it is habits of highly frugal people. And so I thought I would take that audio and share it with you today. So without further ado, here are some habits of highly frugal people. Today I wanted to share with you a few things that frugal people do on a regular basis. And some of these things are things that we do daily or monthly that have saved us a huge amount of money. If you don't know our story, my husband and I paid off $36,000 in debt in two years on one income while having two babies at that time, and it was an inconsistent income at that, and now we still live a very simple life, very frugal, very simple life, and we are able to do amazing things like cash flow cars and home improvements and vacations and help other people. And so we don't feel like we live a deprived life. We feel like we live an amazing one, but we just made a few small swaps. So let's go. Okay. Frugal people have an emergency fund. And I realize that that's a really easy thing to say and a harder thing to do because building up an emergency fund does take work. But I promise if you are focused, it will happen a lot faster than you think it will. I know that the recommended amount is $1,000 to start out with. If you follow the Day Ramsey baby steps, that's the first step is to save up a $1,000 emergency fund. I think that's a great place to start. I never wanted to stay there even while we were paying off debt. A little bit more comfortable having a little bit more money in there. I really think that like $500 per person so for a family, that would be more than a thousand is a more comfortable place to start, but a thousand dollars is still great. So have focusing on that emergency fund and putting everything that you have towards it in the beginning is a great idea. And, you know, recently I was listening to NPR and they were talking about how this big federal study that surveyed thousands of Americans showed that Four out of every 10 people, so 40% of the people surveyed, could not handle a $400 emergency. They would not have the cash to cover it. They would either have to sell something or swipe a credit card or go to a payday lender. Oh my gosh, it's so predatory. Or borrow money from a friend or a family member, which would in turn create a burden on that person they're borrowing money from. And that sounds nightmare inducing. And it, it kind of made me panic when I listened to it because it took me back to a time when my husband and I could not cover a simple emergency and we did have to borrow money and it was embarrassing. And I, I never want to go back to that place. And so for me, having an emergency fund is paramount. Anyway, focus on an emergency fund I made a video on how to quickly build your emergency fund. I'll link it up in the card and in the video description below. If I forget, someone remind me. Frugal people do not leave money on the table. Meaning, if your company offers a 401k match, you contribute the max to get the max amount of match that you can. I know that a certain financial guru tells you not to do that while paying off debt, but in my personal opinion, my family, we took the match because I'm not going to turn down free money and it didn't make us get out of debt any 
longer. Like we we didn't stay in debt much longer than we would have if we hadn't done it. Us 5% extra towards our debt didn't mean that much, but 5% extra in a 401k where it's being matched and gaining interest. Come on, come on. But we also look for little ways to save by using Ebates and Honey when we're shopping online or using things like ShopTagger to find the best deal or Camel, Camel, Camel. These are all great resources that are free that help you get cash back and save money without you know, swiping a credit card. You don't have to swipe a credit card to get cash back. There are plenty of websites that'll do that for you with no interest. Next, we buy a lot of things used. Our vehicles are used. We paid cash for our minivan in at the end of 2017. Best decision ever. I love it. I never thought I would be a minivan mom, but I totally am. It is so much easier to load three kids into that thing than it was my SUV when I had three seats across. We paid cash for it and we saved up and, then, and it was just like kismet. We, we saw it on the side of the road. It was well below what we had saved up for. It's a dream car where we went to get the oil changed one day. The guy said, this vehicle is in pristine condition. Yeah, we know. That's why we bought it. Thanks. It's not just vehicles we buy used. We also buy a lot of our tech refurbished. My phone was refurbished. My husband's, my laptop, my computer. I think our little Roku, <laughs> I think that was refurbished. And we've ended up saving thousands of dollars over the years buying those refurbished items. They're the same and they don't cost you anymore. In fact, 75 bucks for an iPhone. Next, we eke out as much life out of something as we can. So that means if something tears up, we repair it before we replace it. For example, my husband works a blue collar job and his job requires him to have a certain type of boot. And that boot is very expensive. They cost about $120 per pair. And that is totally worth it. But we end up not needing to buy a new pair every single year because the place where we purchased them from also repairs them. For example, when the bottom of his boots started wearing out and they needed to be resold, we took them back to the place where we purchased them. They resold them for a few dollars. The same thing with the stitching on the back of his boots. When they started, when that started to wear out, they put a new panel in. Good as new. So we were able to really like stretch out how long those boots last. Plus, you're reducing that environmental impact. Next, we are always trying to evolve in our thinking about money or learn new things about money. So we listen to a lot of podcasts from money managers. We read a lot of books from people who've been financially or business successful. Right now, I'm listening to Everyday Millionaire by Chris Hogan. So we are constantly seeking to learn better ways to manage our money. And we don't all come from an equal background, right? It's not a level playing field. And so not everyone was given the opportunity to learn about finance in school. Not everyone's parents knew a lot about finance. And so I feel like as Jason and I learn, we want to pass on some of that information, you know, via this channel, but also even though we're not financial experts, we, you know, we run the Financial Peace University class at our church. We volunteer to do that. Um, our church didn't have a kit. And so Jason and I purchased one so that we, we were able to do that. And um, it's just really important to us now that we know to help others. Like frugal people are content. Contentment is a huge part of things. Being grateful for what you have, knowing that what you have is enough, and knowing that if you can't be happy with what you have now, you're probably not going to be happier when you have more. 
And learning to manage small things kind of turns into learning to manage big things later on. But if you don't find peace and contentment in where you are right now, you're not going to move forward. And so maybe we don't always have the best of everything or we don't get somewhere as quickly as we want, but having contentment in the moment, being grateful for where our feet are planted has brought us peace and we're not constantly looking for the next big thing. In that same vein, I feel like we as frugal people understand that short-term sacrifice is where it's at. So I got a comment recently and I'm going to read it to you because I really don't fully understand this mindset. It says, I think it's okay to pay off a large bill early, especially with the extra money you make, but not at the expense of living and enjoying your life. I think that there's this idea that you have to spend money to enjoy your life. And I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. Um, Some of the times in my life that have been the most peaceful and the most enjoyable have been the times when we didn't have the most money, when we were actually working on paying off our debt and we were at home with our littles or when I was pregnant with my oldest and it was just my husband and I, and we just hung out together. We would go on walks. We would rent movies. We would read out loud. We we would read out loud. This is going to sound crazy. Um, but my husband would read Game of Thrones to me out loud. And then I would read like whatever I was reading to him out loud. And it was just this really silly time to connect over books. And we enjoyed life to the absolute fullest, but that didn't mean that we spent money. And I, right now we are paying off our house. So we are paying off our house early and we are, we have a plan laid out. We start August 1st. And if we commit, stick to this plan and commit to it, then that means by December 2022, we will have our house completely paid off. So in less than two and a half years, our home will be completely paid for. And so that means for two and a half years, we're not going on vacation and we're not making huge home improvements and we're not doing a ton of extra stuff. We will have our house paid off in our 30s. I think that's worth it to go the next 50 years of my life without a mortgage because I spent two and a half years living a very simple life. So another trait is frugal people plan. We plan. We plan our meals. We plan our appointments. We plan our budgets. You can't plan for everything. That is not how life works. Things are going to come up. But because you have a plan in place for, okay, so because you have a plan in place, it makes those unexpected events a little bit easier. So one of the things that I do is I cook once a week now. I prep a lot of things for later in the week, but I also will go ahead and cook a bunch of stuff for the week, stick it in the fridge or in the freezer so I can throw it in the Instant Pot or slow cooker later or, you know, just heat it up again later. And then if I have a sick kid, if I'm not feeling great, if we have a last minute appointment, that meal is already taken care of and we don't have to scramble and then end up at the drive-thru spending needlessly because we also make longer term plans. We sit down at the beginning of the year and we plan out different things that we want to do. For example, any trips that we want to take, uh, we do birthday trips for our kids for their birthdays. And so my middle son's birthday is in May and we started planning beginning of January for what we wanted to do with him for his birthday. That way we're able to get the best prices. We're able to save for it. We're able to plan for it. It's not 
a fly by the seat of your pants life. And you know what? Some people like spontaneity and that is fine. That's not, I'm not saying that we're better because we make plans. It makes me feel more secure. And I know that for a lot of people, this whole idea of planning feels stifling. And I get that because we're not all the same person and we don't all have the same needs and personalities and desires. And I think that that is a conversation that needs to be respected, that we don't all have to agree and we don't all have to be the same. And so if you're a spontaneous person, you just have to plan for spontaneity, which I realize sounds like I contradicted myself. But that just means that you set a little bit of money aside in a separate account so that when you want to, oh, your favorite band's coming into town, let's buy tickets last minute, or hey, do you want to go to the beach this weekend? You have that money there and you're not going into debt because of it. Okay, so this is something, Jason and I have hobbies that earn us money. So when I started YouTube, it was just a hobby. Like, oh, I'm out of debt and I want to share with other people how I did it. And now I make a pretty decent chunk of change off this channel. And I'm cool with that. (laughs) For a while, I kind of felt guilty. And then I thought, why? Like, does Oprah feel guilty for making money talking to people and helping them? Probably not. So maybe I shouldn't either. Not that I think I'm Oprah. Oh my gosh. But we shouldn't feel guilty for making money off of our hobbies. Expect that things are going to change. So a question I get a lot is, I made a budget and then we had something come up and I don't know what to do. And what the, the advice that I always give maybe sounds oversimplified, but it is the truth. You have to change your budget. You didn't go out and find a mountain and etch your budget into a rock. It's written in pencil and paper. It's on a spreadsheet. It's in an app. It's changeable. Budgets are living things. Money is often fluid and life is unexpected and things change. So if in the middle of your month you have an unexpected expense pop up, you got to cash flow it, you got to go back in, and you got to rework that budget. And maybe that means you have to put off some goals. Maybe that means you have to rework your debt payoff, but you can go back and adjust your budget at any time. Don't use the excuse of, but things always come up as an excuse not to budget and not to stick with a budget. Which kind of brings me to my next tip, which is don't make excuses. There are lots of reasons why you might not stick to a budget. There are lots of reasons why your budget might not be working and there's lots of life that can happen. But when you are constantly looking for an out, you will find one. And excuses get you nothing. They don't get money in the bank. They don't get money in your retirement. They don't move the needle on your debt payoff. They get you nowhere. You just ultimately end up disappointed with yourself. Next, get up. Frugal people, motivated people, get up up. If you fall down and you make a mistake, you just get up, reconfigure things and keep going. If you were riding your bicycle and you fell off, you would not lay in a ditch until someone came to help you unless you were injured. Get up and ride home. If you messed up, fix it. If you messed up, figure out what happened, what set you off, what triggered you, where the mistake was made, fix it and keep going. We all make mistakes. I still make a ton of budgeting mistakes. I forget to add things. I overspend in one category. I let myself buy things to make myself feel better. We all do these things. We just have to course correct and keep going. Make savings 
a habit. Don't tell yourself that you're just going to save whatever's left over after you pay your bills because there will never be anything left over. You have to prioritize it. You, you have to set aside money to save, which brings me to my next point, which is to start small because a comment that I get a lot on my videos is I don't have anything extra to save. There is nothing left. You don't have to start with something huge. Y'all, if it's $5 that you put into your savings, that is $5 that wasn't there when you started the month. Don't think that it has to be hundreds or thousands of dollars. And I feel like this is the debt-free community has kind of become a competitive atmosphere of how much we can pay off quickly and how much we can save and people post these big numbers. And if that's not you, that's okay. Be honest about your bad habits and triggers. And this is really hard and this takes a lot of soul searching. I told you this story before, but last fall I found myself picking up my phone and looking on Amazon for stuff I didn't need and had been kind of in a rough mood all day. And I was real snappy. And when it was time to put my kids down for a nap, I picked up my phone and I started shopping. And then I put my phone down and I got up. It was a Sunday afternoon. My husband was home. I got up, I found him, and I talked to him about what was bothering me because I realized that something had set me off. And that was, we were going through a grief process in our family. And someone had said something just in passing, not to me. They weren't even having... The conversation with me, I just overheard it, and um, it it kind of got me thinking, and I was sad, and I wanted to spend money to make myself feel better, and so you have to know what your triggers are. Stop seeing budget as a bad word. Stop seeing safe, frugal, and budget as bad words. Every time I mention the word frugal, people want to take it as cheap, like tight-fisted, and that's not what I mean at all. To me, frugality is not spending money on things that don't matter to you so that you can spend money on things that do. The thing is, I don't spend money on on trash that I'm going to throw away. I don't spend money on things that don't matter to me because I want to have money for things that do matter to me, like helping out other people, putting money in my kid's college fund, paying off my house early, going on trips. These are things that matter to me. And, and I'll be honest, like at first budget saving and frugal didn't give me the warm fuzzies until I just decided to jump in and navigate my way through this. Once you change your mindset about these words, once you realize a budget gives me freedom, a budget is me determining where my money is going to go and allows me to spend money on things that matter to me. Savings means securing a good future for myself and my children. Savings is putting money in retirement so I don't have to live with my kids or work as a Walmart greeter when I'm in my 70s. Frugal means like what I said, I don't spend money on things I don't care about so that I have money to spend on things that I do. Recognize your needs versus your want. Paula Pant from the Afford Anything podcast says, you can afford anything, but not everything. This is why you have to have a hard talk with yourself about your needs versus your wants. And here's the thing though, not everyone's needs are the same. We all have our basic needs, right? Like food, shelter, a way to get to work, clothing, safety for our kids. But I also think that there are some needs that are singular to us that don't apply to other people. And that's 100% okay. I had someone leave a comment recently saying that they didn't think a hot water heater was a need, and I firmly disagree. <laughs> and I know people for whom having a babysitter once a month or once a week so that they can go out with their spouse is a need because they want to really pour into their marriage 
Whereas my husband and I don't do that. But we have date nights at home after our kids go to sleep. So your needs are going to look different from somebody else's. We don't all have to live the same life. I realize it's mind-blowing to some people, but you don't. Others don't get to dictate what our needs are, but do not confuse that with entitlement. You can't have it all and that money has to come from somewhere and you have to prioritize those needs over those wants. And finally, recognize that everything, everything comes at a cost. That cost can be money, that cost can be time, that cost can be space in your home, but everything has a price and you have to determine if that price is worth it to you. Okay, so that's it. I hope you liked these tips and you found them helpful. I'm going to go drink some homemade medicine ball tea and get myself better, but thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast. If you could do me a favor and leave a review wherever you are listening, that helps us get the word out. For the show notes on today's podcast, you can head over to frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast backslash habits. Thank you for hanging out with me and I'll see you soon.